interest, and it feels like my channel wants to come through right now. So I'm just going to start recording and see where this leads and where this goes, and this becomes an episode, then welcome to the second episode of The Holy Culturist. Um, I have been finding myself preaching pretty loudly and articulating um, pretty passionately this this thing I am witnessing in the collective. So I thought, why not put this up and put it here? Um, still have a call out for people to join the Holy School. It's spelled the same, holy is spelled the same way as it is um, here in the Holy Culturist. I am the Holy Culturist. I'm also known as the artist known as Pookie. The given name is Stephanie Rachel Gutenplan. And uh, I am based in the States physically. <laughs> we'll just say that I'm in Southwest Colorado, and uh, welcome to the second episode of the Holy Culturist, because I'm claiming that this is it. Um, the topic really at hand on the whole Holy Culturist is to see the wholeness of an idea, a topic to really study humanity and how um, complicated it can seem. Because as humans, we have desires. You're also flawed. I get hurt easily. Or we avoid it, and then it comes out later. <laughs> and um, we are sensitive and spiritual beings set up to uh, create create some trauma in one another. That's how it's set up right now in the system. And yet, we are all holy. And, and the answer is normally in some sort of spirituality. And my current, my current definition um, right now, of spirituality, just to, you know, I, I am, my blood is Jew. <laughs> I'm a Jew. And yeah, we're going to leave that can of worms there <laughs> and say spirituality and how, why I said holy is because I think that what is the answer for us being whole, for us being really um, experiencing and knowing that wholeness, when we're connected to other people, we're automatically not going to seem, it's not going to seem like we're going to fit because we, we as humans have, um, we are threaded all differently. So we don't, we do not make the perfect mixes. Even when we think we have these soulmates, normally those rigid points, those rigid points, those points that feel like thorns or cutting or those pieces that we're like, they are made that way to hurt us. <laughs> it's normally where our work is and normally the solution in that work is something in holiness and even saying holiness out of my mouth um, tends to trigger me a little bit because um, because of my history in spirituality because of my work in spirituality um, and I think I said this on the first podcast and I'll say it again this is the only one you're listening to or whatever but um, a Jewish girl raised in Georgia, um, in a town that was a bit Bible belty. I don't think I need to speak any more of that. I've had an, and, and me seeing things that I didn't agree with in my temple, um, and practices or, you know, these like underlying, these underlying things that I just, you know, I don't think I need to articulate much more than, um, like a equality um, aspect, um, as well as uh, the history of trauma of what it means to be a Jew 
in today's world. So we'll just say that for my, um, on top of the fact that I have been granted a very connected spiritual field and I have a hard time sitting in it because um, articulating for those spiritual people who feel like they don't really live on this planet. Um, I feel you, I'm with you, and part of this channel is to uh, attempt to articulate the intangible of the spiritual world and how we can use it to have us feel wholeness and create wholeness and treat people kindly <laughs> so that we can create the type of world that we are passionate about leaving behind, that we know that the legacy that we're leaving is kept safe. Right. I just had a coaching um, series. Um, I'm going to get to ask her permission to say her name. Her, her name is Jill Studnicki. <laughs> if I didn't get permission, I'll cut that point out. Ah! And she is getting certified right now to become a death doula. She already is one. She just now needs the paperwork. She is a doula of many transitions. If you don't know what a doula is, it's really someone who sits by your side to make sure whatever transition of portal, either through birth or death, or um, I'm sure there's doulas, we can consider doulas in any transition point of their mourning or a rebirth, which is perfect for the theme that is happening at the Holy School right now. The Holy School is launching and opening softly and slowly. We already have members signed up. We have over 15 contributors ready to serve and really like ignite those magnetic fields of finding their cohort to study deeply with, and we've opened up this little gem for you. Um, my background is an artist, a producer. Um, I'm kind of an organization, an organism builder, if you will. Um, I'm technology-based, I'm education-based, I'm facilitator-based, I'm producer, project-based, and I'm creative and artistic. So all of my clients were coming to me and saying, uh, I really want a membership space too with their website and their branding as I'm working with them to articulate the majestic that they are, right? The human servants where how do you actually make a website or a logo or how do you articulate an offering that is completely energetic or emotional or spiritual? <laughs> and that's kind of my, uh, that, that, that's my skill. That's my thing I do. So I decided to open a school and put it under an umbrella and really create a context and bring all of the history and education and wisdom and experience I bring from my world in education. I um, am actually jumping into the world of 12 through K starting in August. Um, in a little town called Cortez, and be Cortez High School's art teacher. And uh, my history is in facilitation, coaching, um, project or, or program directing, um, really working with massive amounts of people to have, you know, big ideas come to life. Um, I also have a mix with um, being the art, uh, we'll say photo editor of Inked Magazine. Um, I created a tarot deck out of that called the Deck of Queens. So I was photographing these women looking for the next cover model for the magazine. I just kept seeing all of them as a queen. So I articulated them and personified them with inspiration of the Major Arcana, <laughs> where you can find me at pookyart.com or theholyculturist.com. Um, you can also find me at theholyschool.com, where I have birthed this school, and I have a group of international, beautiful contributors who really want to serve humanity as well as launch their own business um, underneath the Holy School Temple. Well, I just called it Temple for the first time. That's interesting. I've called it the Holy School. I've called it an institute. I've called it a gym. I've called it a tool. I've called it the thing you can come to from any point in time from your phone. There's an app you can have on your phone to be able to access it with the events monthly and as well as articles, 
videos, you know, like re pre-recorded stuff, reposted that you missed, all of that at your disposal, at your disposal for um, $11.99 for a month or $99.99 for a year. That is literally like your um, streaming channels. But instead of it being things to keep you occupied, these are tools to go inward and be with yourself. It is literally like your best friend to become your own best friend, to get clear on who you are, what you're here for, what your work is, to grow, to manifest, to create, to find your next mentor, to produce a project, or just to be connected to a rad community. We're starting to get musicians and artists, and you know I'm going to have a portfolio school on there. We're going to do all sorts of stuff. So that's my long word moment about the Holy School and um, brings me back to the topic of the theme for this month, which is the soft opening. And as we softly open the doors, um, you know, I'm having the sensation right now of, you know, launching a podcast, launching a school. Uh, and there's also like this deep step into the embodiment of what it means to be a founder of an institute. That's why I say it. Now I think I should say founder of a temple because that came out. Oh, that feels really juicy in my body. Yes. So that all of my choices are based off of what, like as a founder of an institute, as a founder of a temple, how do I be right now? How do I treat people? How do I move through my days? How do I wake up in the morning? How do I set boundaries? How do I tolerate? How do I digest? How do I cleanse? How do I eat? How do I sleep? These are all things I start asking myself. When I meet with my co-founder, I got to turn to a dear sister who I have been witnessed and um, witnessing in a deep collaboration with in circles um, for the past two years. And we've known each other prior to that. Her name is Kessler Ernst. She is my co-founder of the Holy School to support me in building the spine because that woman's spine is insanely strong. So shout out to Kess. I love you, and her her claim, her claim, uh, her claim of humanitarian support, service, medicine, whatever you want to call it, is being the crone, and it's the wisdom of a lived life. And I will tell you that um, in any time in need, when I need just a little like, like it's literally what it feels like when I call Cass and I just a little, I need her to just tap my spine and put it back straight. Okay, you good? Okay, go ahead. Keep going. You got it. You know, like, that's what it energetically feels like whenever I reach out to Kess. Let me hear you. Okay, yeah. And at the same time, I can feel her just readjusting the spine through her witnessing me and seeing me as holy. And then all of a sudden, I'm doing things I never thought I could do, like birth a virtual institute. So... That is the spine of the Holy School to support the uh, creative endeavors, as well as the amount of wisdom and education that she has is insane. And what I also have been witnessing between the two of us is how we treat one another. Every single time before we start, <coughs> excuse me, before we start working together, um, we automatically want to start rushing into the doing. We're in deep creation manifesting mode. Um, add in like that deep passionate energy of feeling like we're really on point, feeling like this is it. This is, this is actually going to create the tipping point for humanity to wake up. <laughs> we automatically are like, hi, this is all the things we need to do right now. Right. We just like go automatically there. And instead I, every single time I get to say, Oh, hi, how are you? And we get to connect. Okay. How, how do you want to start our holy work today? 
let's take a moment on our holy work. And after every single thing we do, instead of jumping into the next thing, the thing, the distinction I'm bringing forth is how we're in relationship with things. How do we transition from one to another? How do we acknowledge? How do we let go of the, what we're consumed about in a topic and actually see the other person on the other side that's trying to navigate the same thing? How do we treat each other in the type of way where it's not done by, well, this is just the way that it is, or this is the way that I am, or I don't do that, but rather to put our, our made upness about what is us aside to actually be in relationship and care about one another. The distinction that's brewing in me, and I think it will be articulated on this podcast, which is great because I can't articulate it yet, <clears throat> is uh, is really based in care. Uh, it's based in how do we let go of self to see other. And it's based in comfort. Um, I've had a lot of phone calls over the years of this declaration of the label of the relationship that they're trying to navigate or explain or articulate. And there's, there's a need, there's always a desire for those extra special people to tell me how it's more than just a best friend or more than a friend. And, um, you know, like I have a husband, it's more than a husband, it's my beloved, it's so intense. It's like we feel the need to over articulate to make it seem more special than it actually is. But what I'm actually opening the can of worms about is when we actually declare someone a friend, how does that mean we care for them? Because I'm already hearing my passionate voice come out. How much are we willing to be uncomfortable to show up for that person? When we say friend, does that mean we drop everything and go show up for them? What is that standard? What boundary is set there? What type of expectation is also expected on the other side, right? How many of our relationships are unbalanced? I'm sure we all have heard about the triangle of the prosecutor, the victim, and the witness, right? Like to be able, or the observer, to be able to continue to get in that triangle and just flop around, right? We're either taking power away from people, people aren't feeling seen, heard, met, all this other stuff. I think there's actually a redefinition that needs to happen about how we're in relationship with people. I just stopped at the little town that I used to live in and I saw someone that I know and um, I was really in thought of this distinction as I saw her and I could have automatically got to refer to her as name, ask her how she was, dive into the story, everything else. And you know, I really didn't want to. And I love her and she's amazing. And there's something about conserving of energy. There's something about um, how how we are in relationship with people actually being true to the amount of energy that we're going to put into that, that portal, that space, that, that the, the weave between the space between the fabric that makes up the relationship between two people. And right now I'm having a really, really hard time <laughs> with me launching all of these things that feel super vulnerable. 
you know, I could do the whole, who the hell am I to open an Insta? I could do the whole, who the hell am I to have a podcast? Who's going to listen to this thing? All this other stuff. If you think I don't have that conversation of like imposter syndrome and comparison and judgment and all of that stuff, yeah, I got it. And I'm so connected to the purpose and the intention of this that I'm willing to make a fool of myself to get the message out. I heard feedback today. Like it's, it's like, I'm sorry. You're so into social media. This is not about social media. It's not about likes. It's not about um, someone joining a school as a free member just to witness me do some shit. This is about literally creating a difference. I've created, you know, I'm trying to create all the channels possible to make it not about me. This is supposed to be an MC where people come and they're like, I'm ready to put something into humanity. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to put it in here and I'm going to share it. And, and like, if people continue listening to the Holy Culturist or if they continue going to the Holy School, I don't care as long as someone heard something that made a difference for them that then they integrated into their life and then used it in some other way. So um, when I started to hear, when I started to hear that thing of like, like everyone automatically, you know, I always say everyone, that's not the right word. Everyone is not right. It's just sweeping that away. When I get the response from certain people, like that they feel like they need to, um, to join because it's about me, uh, has this huge resistant wall build up. And I almost want to say, how dare you? Because if they actually were to, to partake in it themselves, then I'm curious what they would find. And I'm curious, and, and like a deeper thing, what they would find out about what makes me up if, if that is what they care about, if they care about me. Um, I am the type of person where I am more or less a black sheep of my family and not the entire family. Not, you know, I automatically think of people in my family who I feel like um, we've had many lives together. And um, uh, in, my, in my direct blood family, when it comes to spirituality, seeking revolutions, pushing against the system, um, having an issue with how humanity stands currently and committed to making a difference in it, and um, really protective, and like, um, I don't know, there's a lot of things to that intangible world that, that the rest, not the rest, I've got to be responsible with my language here where there's people in my life who are not connected to those places and it can feel lonely. And the distinction I want to bring up, and it's, and it's not like do it all the way or don't do it at all. And if you don't do it, that means you don't care and you're a jerk. Game over. It's not about that. It's how to have sacred boundaries. But can we actually stretch our comfort zones to have someone know that we care about them? And we get to choose what relationships we do this in. Our friends circle might become smaller when we actually start to do this intentionally. And the point of doing this intentionally is so that when we actually, um, when we actually are, are in integrity with our relationships, the amount of extra shit and energy that needs to be put in the relationship isn't needed because they're activated and they're whole and they're sovereign and there's boundaries and it's clear in what each person needs. And there's also clarity of like, I can't meet you there. Cool. Then there gets to be a choice point. What do I do now? I've made a request and I'm not being met. 
do I make another request? Is there a way to make this more gray? Cool. How can I not shut down and not completely just be like, well, then fuck you. I'm not going to share any of myself. Right? How is there a care? How can we show that we care back? I'm having a hard time being empathetic with the resistance to the things that I'm doing because it's, it's, I mean, I already said it, it's not for me, but in the same breath, um, it makes me really sad <laughs> because these relationships that I call most sacred in my life and, and most important, um, don't want to play in this arena that I am so passionate about and I see so clearly in the future. Uh, and there's a powerlessness of people that I'm connected to that have given up hope. And a lot of my mentors and things that I preach too is like, cool, if you're the person who's bringing something and you're the one who's committed to it, and if you're the one that's doing the development on self, then you're just going to have to continue to model. And I, I do it imperfectly. And I know it's my work. And I was laughing with a friend earlier today when I was like, I really did make some interesting choices, even just like the family I was birthed into, right? It's like, how how lonely can we make this all feel right now, right? And how can I um, find how godly this all really is or how spiritual, however you want to put that word in of something bigger than yourself? How is how is that really the spirit, this experience? How is it less about our relationships with other people and more about a relationship with the spiritual essence that has continued to be the fabric of humanity that we've tried to fit into temples, churches, and books and symbols and gods and goddesses and, and rituals and traditions. Not to say that any of them are wrong. They're all quite beautiful. I think that there's an issue between them. Um, but I don't think, uh, I don't think that the, uh, idea of creating a house is an issue. Obviously I create an institute about it. Um, and I would like to heal the energy between the temples and the churches and the houses and the things. But, um, I think the thing that I, we really need to get clear on is what it means to care and the commitment to care within ourselves so we can articulate it clearly to one another. I'm not saying there's a way way of doing it, but if it's very clear, like, hey, I care about you and my my boundaries are that if it's not comfortable for me, I'm not going to partake. I'm probably never going to join your holy school, probably never going to listen to your podcast, probably never going to read one of your books, probably not going to use your tarot deck. So that's the feedback that I have just received. What do I do with that? And how do I be holy? How do I treat that person holy? How do I care for them and not restrict how I care? How do I, how do I not restrict my unconditionality of who I am as an open being and still be in relationship with them? That feels really like some holy work right there. Because we can go ahead and say it's unfair. The amount of times I've heard, well, that's not okay. Like, and the automatic response is, you should just leave it or break it. Everyone wants to break it. I don't think that's the answer. And I don't think it's so black and white. And I don't know what the fucking answer is. 
But I know that the work is here for me not to come to the final decision, but to know how to exist in it. Because how many times do we sit around not knowing what our choice is because there is so much fluidity and what it means to be a human and have emotions and feelings and not feel cared for. And it's the same, it's, it's the same in every other thing. It is. But the care element needs to be defined, it needs to be articulated between people. Also, I think a really important question is, how do, how do you need to be cared for? What has you know that you're cared for? I would like to hear some responses to that. That feels like a great prompt in the Holy School and then a challenge to go share it with the person that you feel like you're not being cared for. Um, yeah, that feels good. Oof. Okay. Anyways, um, so um, I um, feel like that's the end of this rant for right now. I might continue to rant about this later, but this feels like a good ending point to let this breathe. So if this becomes part of the podcast, I'll put some beautiful music in here, and then I will continue to riff on what it means to care for. Um, in the meantime, while this break happens, you probably should just pause it. You should go to theholyschool.com. You should sign up. And you should send me an email if you feel like you want to talk about this or tell me an answer at hello at theholyculturist.com. You are loved. Maybe you'll hear from me after some tunes. Maybe you'll hear from me next episode. Um, but for right here, for right now, I feel complete. I want you to know that you are cared for even if you're not feeling like you are receiving care. And that sometimes people get twisted in the narcissism or in the selfishness of trying to navigate the head and the heart through something that feels uncomfortable or triggering or hard or we don't know how to face it or whatever. And actually the action that has you or the lack of action that has you think that you're not cared for has nothing to do with you. But we need to learn how to be with one another regardless of what's happening for us to articulate the care, not just in words, but in actions, for there to be a sensation, for there to be an experience, for there to be an embodiment of a feeling of a sensation of, I'm cared for. And so whether I come on again or not, I'm inviting you to go discover not only what it takes for you to feel cared for, but go discover how to care for someone else and to start practicing it. Even when it's uncomfortable and you feel like it's outside of your comfort zone, or I don't really want to do that, or I don't know if I like that, or that feels weird, or whatever, start to open yourself up to what would it might take from me to actually engage fully in this person's life so that they know how much I care for them. Start to see their gifts. Start to see what they're doing and what they care for. Start to see if you can place it on your care for list, on your altar as well. See if you can be in relationship with this with it as well. I double dog dare you. And then come to the Holy School and share about it. The soft opening is all about re-meeting this world, rediscovering it, to open the door as if for the first time. To let the breaths feel fresh, to let us learn things about ourselves and others that we didn't know, to be curious, uh, as if we're first learning how to walk again in a field. And we're not really sure how to stay in our bodies fully, but we're having quite a blast in deciding and figuring how we desire to. 
the first month is set up in a way to reveal the holy school in a way where we um, have some events, have resources, articles popping up, all of the other stuff while our contributors get settled in and start building their private cohort spaces and their programs and their offerings and all the other things they want to do, as well as as we see what members come so that we can all set intentions so that we know as contributors what to bring. Because each contributor is vast, it's like an iceberg. They only have about 10% showing. The amount of content they can bring you is wild, but it's dependent on the intentions of the collective. So if you want to be a part of an intentional community, committed to caring for one another, for their values, for what they're up to, for their goals, for being a part of, the Holy School might be great for you. It's $100 a year to be a member. If you're interested in being a contributor and growing your own space, your own business, your own ability to contribute to find the people in which you are um, that are magnetic to you, that want to learn something from you, that you can step into mastery of self and replicate parts of you and other people that desire to have your strengths, your wisdom, your ability, then you need to reach out to theholyschool at gmail.com. Aho, aho, aho.